Okay. Okay, so yesterday we started answering our question. We quoted the Avedis HaKadosh, who says that there's two different levels of Keser. He doesn't use that language, but the Rebbe's already explained it to us in that way. There's two different levels of Elokus, two different levels of Keser. Pnimi Sekeser, which is called Atik, and the Madrega Tachtoyne Shebekeser, the lower level of Keser, which is called Arich. Atik is not affected by what we do, and Arich is affected by what we do. That's what we, that's what we saw yesterday. I mean, in addition to hazarding over the whole beginning of the Mimer, explaining the difference between Chitzenius and Pneumius, and a, 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 a basic explanation of Atik and Arich. Right? What's Keser? Keser is the source of we're talking about Keser Tatsilus, the source of Seder Ishtaushlus. So there's a level of the source of Seder Ishtaushlus that is all about being the source of Seder Ishtaushlus. That's what it is. And that's the level of Keser called Arich. Okay, so to speak, Rebbe doesn't use these words, but we did the function of Keser. What does Keser do? Keser is the so we don't eat in Chesedus, okay, guys? The Keser. Uh, we don't eat in Chesedus class. Right? We can drink tea, but we don't eat things. Right? Keser, Keser is is the is is <coughs> the source of Seidrish Tashlus. So there's a level of Keser that's all about being that source. Ah, there's also a level of Keser that's completely transcendent of Seidrish Tashlus, right? And that's called Atik. Is Atik the source of Seidrish Tashlus? No, absolutely not. Right? Is it what, what was it? What was it called? The source of the source. Ah, okay. So we asked the question yesterday. Well, if it's the source of the source, isn't it affected when the source is affected? Right. So, so to speak, the the reverse domino effect. And we mentioned yesterday that the Rebbe is going to answer that at the end of this at the end of this page. So we don't have to worry about that question if you're asking it, which is a reasonable question to ask. Right. But two different levels of Kesser. And so when Chazal and the Psukim said that our Aved affects a Kaddish Baruch Hu, so that would be talking about Arach. And we said yesterday that what do we do when we, when we do a mitzvah down in Eilam Hazar? We're Mesif Ur in Eilam Atzilus. We increase the light in Eilam Atzilus. Which sounds pretty good. Now all of a sudden it sounds not so good because all, we're, we're, we're focusing also on what we don't do, what we can't affect. Okay. But what we can affect is really something quite astounding. We're Mesifar and Elamatzilus. Sitting here learning Torah right now, we are causing more or to be Nimshach drawn down into Elamatzilus, a place of absolute godliness. We're affecting godly reality by doing what we're doing. That's incredible. And what's the source of that light? The source of that light, we said yesterday, Arich. Therefore, so to speak, we're pushing the button of Arich. And what's Arich? One of the things we also said yesterday. Ratzin. Arich, we said there are three different levels of Keser Ratzin, Tainuk, and Amuna. And Arach represents Ratzin. What's Ratzin? The makif that is closest to being revealed in the panemius. Right? That's Ratzin. Right? Those words should mean something to us. The level of makif, we know what a makif is, and if we don't, I don't know where we've been. Right? That level of makif, but even though it's makif, which means it's not part of my conscious reality, it's the level of makif that is, that is constantly being revealed in conscious reality. Put that in simple terms, you're constantly becoming aware of what you want. You don't have control over what you want. You don't have immediate control over it. Right? But it, it, it so it's a makif, but it's that part of your makif that is constantly being revealed in conscious use. You become aware of what you want. And then you either think about it, speak about it, and act upon it, or you don't. That's your decision. That's called the Vedic. Right? Depending on what the source of that Ratzon is. Positive place, negative place. Okay? So the Yetzir Tev, it's a Yetzir Hara, is it coming from Nefesh Elokis? Is it coming from Nefesh Bahamis? Okay? Because there's also a Ratzon of the Nefesh Bahamis. We know that. Okay. <coughs> but in terms of Elokus, so what's Arich? Arich is the level of the Makif that is the source of the Eres Penimim, the inner lights, inner lights meaning, or Mamale, light, that, light that's clothed in vessels. Okay? And that's affected. And then the Rabbi continued and explained after beer or Inyan that when we do a Veda in this world, so we affect both the Kalim and the Eres. 
And the Rebbe explained what Kalim are. Kalim are, on one level, a, a reality of, 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 of a lack of light, concealing light. Because when you're aware of the existence of the Kli, you're not aware of the existence of the light, you're aware of the, the existence of the Kli. Now, you might be aware of the fact that the light is the source of the existence of the Kli, but you're still aware of the Kli. You're aware of the external reality, so to speak. Now, down here in Eilam so all you are is aware of the Kli, and you might not be aware of the Or at all. And even if you are aware of the Or, it's not that you experience its existence, you just are aware conceptually of the fact that everything you see has a source in a higher level of godly light. And that godly light is clothed in the physical object you're experiencing. Okay, but I don't see the light, I see the physical object. Right? Now, that means that the, the Kli is concealing the light. That's true. Now, on a deeper level, the Kli is also revealing the light. Why is it revealing the light? Well, how do you and I know about the existence of godly light? By virtue of our experience of all these kalim, including ourselves, but all this other stuff outside of us. Once we know what that really is, then what's it revealing to us? It's really revealing godly reality to us. But that's only if we're sensitive to the fact that that's what it is. I might get carried away by the fact that this stuff looks real and get into it and relate to it in, on its own terms. Be completely and totally ibrigigevin to Gashmias. Gashmias is where it's at. It feels good. It tastes good. It's good. It's that's what I'm into. That's what I want. Okay, I'm saying to God, I'll keep your Shabbos and I'll eat your kosher food, but you know, stay out of my life. I like this Gashmias stuff. Lots and lots of people walking around living life that way. That's the easiest way to do it. <laughs> Without working on yourself, that's where you'll end up. From, not from, that's a separate question. <laughs> but that's where people will end up. Well, pretty real, this Gashmias stuff. Looks pretty real. Okay. God? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I can I can even explain to you a very success in a very sophisticated way. I'll be exist. I learned in Exist class all about it in a mimer, all about the the, the or and the or is giving vitality to it and is the true source of it. I know all that. I know. Pass the chips. Because I can taste the chips. The chips are good. Hopefully not too much salt ruins the chips. Right. Gashmis is pretty real. Okay, so what's that? On one hand, that's the Kli, when we're talking about Kalim down here, that's the Kli concealing the light. And down here, it does a very good job of doing that. But also, ultimately, what's that Kli doing? That Kli is really revealing the light because by virtue of those Kalim, what, what's happening? There's a revelation of godliness in Elam meaning there's an expression of God here because of those Kalim. Okay, so it does both. That's what a Kli does. That's what a Kli is about. So, even in Atsilus, where there's no concealment, where it's a world of absolute godliness, the Kli is doing the same thing. On one hand, the Kli is hiding a certain aspect of godliness. On the other hand, the Kli is revealing a certain aspect of godliness. What's it hiding? We talked about this yesterday. The infinite expression of God. What's it revealing? A specific expression of God. Chesed. The sphere of Chesed in Elam Atsilus. What does it reveal? Chesed. What doesn't it reveal? Gvura. You don't see any Gvura there. It's all Chesed. Right? It's not in a state of opposition to Gvura. It's in a state of what, what's called Hitkalalut. It's in a state of incorporation that all ten spheres act in complete and total harmony one with the other in, in Eilam Atzilus. That's a world of Tikkun, a world of fixedness where everything works in a harmonious way. Okay, that's true. But it's still expressing in a revealed way. It's expressing Chesed and nothing else. So it's hiding every other aspect of godly light. So what do Kalim do? Hide or reveal? Both. That's what they do. Mushal, we've had to talk, talked about this mushal so often, you're probably sick of it, but who cares? What does this do? Reveals light. What else does it do? Hides light. What, is it, what, what aspect of light is it revealing? Right. What's it hiding? Everything else. Right. True. They're simple shot. It's just what Kalim do. It's as simple as can be. Right? Yeah, that bottle, what's it doing? It's revealing red. What's it hiding? Everything else. What's light? Everything. Light contains within it all colors imaginable. Well, where are they? Well, this one's not doing that. All it's doing is revealing blue. Right. Would you know there's blue if there weren't blue things in the world? No. Would there be blue? Of course there would be blue. There's blue and light. That's what light has. And if there's no blue objects in the world, there's the, the, the government decides no blue. You're not allowed to have blue. Okay, 
then there would never be a revealed state of blue. Does that mean there's no blue in light? No, that, would have, that wouldn't affect the light in any way, shape, or form. It just wouldn't be revealed in it anywhere in the world. It'd be sort of hard for the government to do that. They'd have to change the sky somehow. They'll find some pill, they'll throw it in the ocean, turn the ocean into pink, and everything will be pink, have a pink sky. It'll ruin sunsets. Right? Okay. So I guess blue's a bad one to outlaw. <coughs> oh, I know, they'll outlaw red. When the blue gets in power, they'll outlaw red. That'll happen. <laughs> that'll, that'll, be the, that'll be the way it works. Okay. So that's the way Kalim works. That's what the Rebbe told us. Right? That Kalim, Kalim on one hand, hide the light. Right? Because when there's an absolute revelation of the light, all you're aware of is the light and its source. Because right? that's what light's all about, is revealing its source. And then there's no existence of anything else. Just going through what we saw, the last lines we saw yesterday. But Kalim, which are the concealment of light, the lack of light, they give, I'm reading the last, second last line we learned yesterday. They give space, pretext, to the existence of the other. I mean, there can be two things, or a billion zillion things. That such an extension, but Ribu Ishtashlus, through all of the downward emanations of the light, and as they're clothed in Kalim, Nisava Mehemet's brought about through them, through the Kalim, Bechinus Nivroim, created reality, creations, Uliyais, this is new. Right after the period was about 10, 12 lines down. Uliyais, Shah Kalim, and since Shah Kalim, Heminion Shalzulas, and since the Kalim are a reality of the other, the Kalim bring into existence. The other, the fact that there could be two things and each relates to the other one as that thing outside of myself, that other reality. Not an opposition, not, a, not an opposing reality necessarily, just something else. Well, that, that reality comes as a result of Kalim, not Or. Or is not about something else. Or is all about absolute unity, even physical life. And when all is said and done, through the, the multitudinous downward emanations, it's brought about through them creations. Therefore, the Bechinus Akalim, certainly on, these, on this level of reality, the Kalim, it's relevant. Literally means it touches in physicality, but conceptually it means it's relevant. Inyan Avedas and Ivroim. Obviously our Aveda affect Kalim. Why? Well, what are the Kalim all about? The Kalim are the source of our existence and the source of the existence of those things we use to serve God with. So if we use those things positively, so then we connect them to their source in Elokus. And if we were to chos v'sholem not use those things positively, so then we so to speak, disconnect them from their source in Elokus. That makes perfect sense that Kalim are affected by our Aveda because our Aveda is all a function of Kalim. There's only a reality called Aveda because there's a reality called Kalim. There's us and there's a world and there's all this stuff and we do what we do with it. And even on a higher metaphysical level, but especially it's just it's easier to understand down here in Elam Right? When you're sitting in front of a book, what are you doing? You're, you're looking at a book that's a function of godly light being clothed in a physical object with your eyes, which are the function of godly light being clothed in a physical object, and your brain is understanding the words, which is the function of light being clothed in a kli called your brain. It's all Kaylee. Hi, <coughs> there's also light. Not the Rebbe will get there. But obviously, what, 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 when you use a physical object, you can elevate a physical object. You can elevate a physical object by using it for Kedusha, right? Here, this piece of paper, right? This piece of paper, this one here could be thrown in the garbage. Why? There's no shame Hashem on it, and it's never been learned by anybody. So all it is is a picture of a page in this book. Therefore, if there's a mistake on this page or something, I just throw it in the garbage. It doesn't have to go in Geniza. What about the one that you learned? As soon as you learn it, you elevate it to a state of Kedusha, it can no longer go in the garbage. This one hasn't been learned by anybody. The ones you're looking at have all been learned by someone. 
That's pretty wild, right? All I did was look at it, right? And you completely changed its metaphysical nature so that it can no longer be thrown in the garbage because it became holy. This isn't holy yet. Why not? Because no one learned from it. I don't know, maybe they did, but, you know, as far as I assume not because it doesn't have a staple. <laughs> so one question, if a freshly printed book... But we're, we're, not, we're not going into all of the halachas of this. I'm using this as an example, okay? Seder, books are different. Okay? Seder, so, so that, that's an example of you. Can we maybe not close this door so we don't have to go through this, this dance every time it's open? Just, just leave it right there. There's nothing happening out there that's so terrible. So, so the, 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 the action of a Jew affects the Kli. Now, what you're doing actually is drawing or into that Kli on some level. Now you'll say, wait a minute, but there is or in that Kli because it exists. Okay, yes, you're right. There's one more. How many of these have we made? I made 15. I made six. You made, okay, 21. They're all gone. There aren't 21 people in this room. So people had a little respect for the trees that God makes grow that have to be cut down to make the paper. Maybe we'd uh, have to make less, but whatever. These trees are like, you know, Mesu Nefesh for our Torah. You should thank a tree next time you see it. Don't treat it nicer than you treat people. But... Treat people really, really nice, and treat trees nicely. So certainly we affect Kaylee. Is that understood? That that makes sense intuitively? Since we use Kaylee for Veda, so we affect the Kaylee, right? And what could one do with a piece of paper? A piece of paper, that, that piece of paper that came out of the tree, right? So it's sitting down in the copy machine. So someone could go online and find some horrible article of, that's just, you know, full of hate and venom and print it on that piece of paper. And that poor piece of paper would become the cleave for the revelation of all of this hate and venom. Or one could go online to chassidus.org and print a mimer on the same piece of paper. Right? So that piece of paper becomes the cleave for unbelievable revelation. And the, it, it's tree, it's just so happy. It's just so happy. I became a Maimer Chassidus. My cousin became some schmutzy novel. Nebuch, poor guy. He's, you know, my cousin became one of those magazines in the checkout place in the supermarket. <laughs> Nebuch. And this guy, Baruch Hashem, he's a Maimer Chassidus. Can you imagine what nachas his mother tree gets from this? Wow. Incredible. So using Kalim, elevating Kalim. Someone must read those magazines. My brother and I were checking out in Safeway in Vancouver, which we've done for, you know, haven't done it very often lately, but, you know, we're both uh, together. We're, uh, you know, 130 years plus of life. They've always been there. The same magazines are always there. The at the yeah, like someone must read them. <clears throat> I assume someone buys them, right? Because they're always there. So if no one ever bought them, they would stop being there, right? It's an astounding thing to think that someone actually buys it. Right? Who is that person? Have you ever met that person? <laughs> like, who is that? That would buy that one. I guess I don't know. I mean, I've never seen anyone pick one up. I, honestly, I don't think I've ever seen anyone pick one up and pay for it at the. But they're there. Maybe it's just the Abish that puts them there to let us see. You know, here, you want Gashmias? This is what it really looks like. Ugh, I think I'll stay where I am. Okay. So therefore, our Aveda affects the environment. Hainu. And what would that mean? Shall Yedei head their Aveda through a lack of Aveda? Nase Pagamba Kalim. It's brought about a blemish in the Kalim. If Chos Visholem, the Kli, is used for something other than Aveda, so then the Kli, the, 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 the Kli somehow is a blemished Kli. 
So what, what exactly does that mean? It means it doesn't reveal the light that it's ultimately intended to re- it, 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 it's, it's supposed to, re- to reveal. Right? I mean, it has the potential to reveal light. So if I use it improperly, then it doesn't reveal that light, so it's blemished. What happens to the light? Well, that's the next step that Rebbe will explain to us. The Rebbe is just partially explaining what, what, what happens when we do mitzvahs in Elam or the opposite thereof. On Shabbos in Vancouver, so someone Chazer de Sicha, that uh, that he didn't hear as a as a bocher. He explained why, because he was on uh, he was on Shlichus at Rochester Institute of Technology with a couple of bochrim. They went up there for Shabbos, and the Rebbe wasn't supposed to forbring that Shabbos, but in the end, the Rebbe did, did forbring. And uh, there was a pagish of college students in Crown Heights. In those days, it was you know. 25, 30 students. Now when Pagisha happens, it's what, 1,100, 1,200, I think. Right? So it was, you know, 25, 30 students. And uh, they asked the Rebbe to Fabreng so the students could hear Fabreng. And the Rebbe said no. Then in the end, the Rebbe said yes. Why the Rebbe said yes? It's very interesting because the night, Thursday night, the, the students asked, one of the students asked a question and said to one of the organizers and, and said that uh, he heard that if you do something against the will of God, so you get lashes. He mentioned a particular veil. I don't remember what it was. Maybe it was eating something improperly. I'm not sure. You get 30, he said 38 <laughs> lashes. I mean, not the shaliach, the questioner. So he said, no, it's really 39. And then and the, what was the answer to the question? Well, in order for that to happen, all sorts of things, you know, there has to be witnesses and 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 hasra, warning, etc. So it's very, very unlikely that anybody would ever get lashes. That was the answer that the shaliach gave to this young man. So the Rebbe heard the answer. The Rebbe mentioned the answer in Fabrengen and said that's a completely incomplete, it's a, it's, a, it's a very, very incomplete answer. And that's not the answer to the question. Right? The fact that it can never happen or it rarely happen, what difference does it make? The student was very upset. He said, it's not fair. How, why should a person get 39 lashes if they, if they eat something improper? Right? That's not fair. So he didn't answer the question, the Rebbe said. I don't know who the shaliach was who answered, who answered that way, but he must have felt great while he was listening to this in the Fabrengen. So, uh, and that's the whole reason the Rebbe Fabrengen was because of his wrong answer to this student. So, uh, the Rebbe explained what life is all about and how the whole world is hanging in a balance and every act you do can tip the scales to a, to a state of positivity and everything in the world is created for a purpose and that purpose is to reveal godliness in the world and if it's used properly, so then you create, you create an incredible state of positive reality in the world and if it's used negatively, so then the opposite is true. You create a, a, a very negative state in the world, and it doesn't just affect you and the object you're using. It affects the whole world. I've explained this at great length. It's not for us right now, but you, you know the idea. So then the Rebbe said, at one point he said, so 39 lashes, that's not enough. <laughs> Someone who does something like that to himself and to the object and to the whole world, I mean, that's not enough. <laughs> He should, like, get smashed. Imagine what he's doing. But God's merciful, so he doesn't smash him completely. It's a, you know, we're learning here. What's a mitzvah? A mitzvah is using the object for the positive purpose of bringing about a revelation of the light destined to be revealed by that object. And what's the avera? Exactly the opposite. So that's what the Rebbe forbanged about that Shabbos. And the, the Rebbe said that's the right answer. The right answer is not to give someone some bubble mice that'll make him feel better momentarily and, and try to avoid the answer. The right answer is to tell him the truth. There's a world, there's a God, there's light, there's darkness, and you can choose. And if you choose light, so then you're doing unbelievably powerful and good, positive things for yourself and everybody in the world. And if you choose the opposite, then you're doing absolutely disastrous things that affect you and the whole world. Well, that's reality. That's the way it is. Okay. That's what the Rebbe is saying. That's what it's saying here. So it makes a pagam in the Kaelin. Not only that, Ella, Shagamba, or also the light is Nagayin Yenaved, is affected by the, by the reality of our Aveda. Dihine. Av Sheheder Aveda. That even though the lack of Aveda, pregame, Blemishes, ragba kalim, only the kalim, veloiba'ar, 
Meaning when that piece of paper is used improperly, so the piece of paper is affected negatively, but not, so to speak, the R. So, but the Rebbe explains, nevertheless, what happens? Through the blemish of that Kli, using the Kli improperly, Mistalika or Mirkli. The light of that vessel leaves. Mistalik, it's elevated, it leaves. Now, what does that mean? Obviously, it doesn't mean that the life force of that object leaves such that the object no longer exists. That's not true. That's obviously not what the Rebbe is saying, because we know that if a person were to, were to print that hate and venom that he got off the internet and print it on that piece of paper, the piece of paper doesn't go out of existence. But there was godly light that was destined that could be revealed by that piece of paper. That level of light disappeared. So now this piece of paper is a force for darkness, not a force for light. So that level of light, which this piece of paper was destined to reveal, has disappeared. What's an example in your everyday life? You have an opportunity to do something positive in the moment in time that you find yourself in. You can illuminate, reveal the light that is destined to be revealed by you in that moment in time. And, I, and for whatever reason, I don't use that moment for that purpose. <coughs> then that light disappears. The light that I was destined to reveal isn't revealed. Does that mean the moment of time doesn't exist? No, the moment of time is there. Just that what, what it could theoretically have brought about in the world didn't happen. Right? The possibility existed. The Abishter in orchestrating everything going on gave me the possibility to use that moment for something positive. And I didn't. So then that level of light disappears. That clee is now blemished. That piece of time has now become, so to speak, a blemished piece of time. A piece of time that isn't ultimately affecting the world in the positive way that it could. Now, through how could that piece of time become a, a vehicle for the positive, for some positive expression? By one of us using that piece of time. Whoever piece of time we're talking about, every single one of us has all sorts of little pieces of time that the Abishter gives us. That's what he gives us, time. And he puts us in space. And in that space, we're able to elevate the space and the time. The space might be physical stuff in the space, or the space might just be where we are, the atmosphere. We're Metarasa Avir, we purify the atmosphere. Right? You walk down the streets, Ayyemim says a number of times in, in, in the course of the year in Ayyemim, walk down the street saying over Mishnayis or Tanya or Chassidus that you've learned, right? So what are you doing? You're, you're illuminating, you're purifying the street, you're purifying the space you're in. I can purify this. Why can't you purify it? I don't understand. You could schmutz it up. That's for sure. So you can also purify it. You can elevate it. Turn it into holy space. How did you turn it into holy space? By thinking holy thoughts in the space you're in. There's only one thing in that space right now in all of reality, and that's you. You're taking up that space in that time. There's nothing else happening in that space in that time. Only you. Are there other people taking up their space and their time? Yes, don't get so hung up on yourself. There's all these other people taking up space and time wherever they are. Okay, but there's only one person sitting in that space in that piece of time. You, what are you doing with it? What's happening to it? Is it being elevated or is it being turned into who knows what? Oh, well, that's called a Veda. Ah, I didn't use my space and time properly, and so I'm the lowest of the low, and blah, 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 blah. Great, perfect. You just learned you just learned the Margulafuma the Ravi. You're going to do that to yourself? That's going to help you serve God? No. It's going to just get yourself more and more involved in yourself, and now you're using your space and your time for more self-absorption and more self-flagellation and wonderful, great. Oh, yeah, God loves that. He loves it when you beat yourself up. Oh, that's good, good, good. Keep doing that. That's good. A lot of God there. It's all me. Right, so get rid of that and just use the next moment properly. I blew it one moment, okay, do the, and then use the next moment properly. Right. There's, a, there's enough moments. Right. There's a lot of them. Do we want to waste them? No, we don't want to waste them. Sometimes we have to take a little time and sort of you know, take a breather. Right. You want to close your eyes and relax and just sort of sleep or sometimes people like being asleep when they're awake. Okay, say there. Right. Just saw something the Rebbe said, an amazing thing. Ach, 
what was the context? Rebbe was talking to someone about life and mentioned the varim batelim, things of no apparent value, and said that that's also part of your life and that, that you know, we don't, like, don't, <laughs> in terms of describing this person's life, the Rebbe described also the varim batelim, things that have no apparent value, that they'll also be part of the person's life, right? That no one in this room is going to use every single moment of today completely and totally positively for the ultimate divine purpose. We're not there. So if you think you are and you get all upset when you don't, so you're just a big Balgaiva. You're just the most proud person imaginable and you're pushing God out of the world because you're so impressed with yourself. What does that mean? So I don't do anything? No, that means you, that means you have to be healthy enough to realize that you're going to do your best to use those moments as best you can. Are there going to be moments where you just sort of get into yourself and say, you know what, I just need a little time to sort of breathe and, okay, fine. But then get back to it. And then those moments are also useful because they give you energy to do a better job. Five minutes later, ten minutes later, an hour later, I mean, you, you, you don't take a nap, you can take a nap. You don't go to sleep at night, of course you go to sleep at night. The Rebbe asks in a sicha why we sleep. I mean, the Rebbe doesn't, so he's allowed to ask, right? So it's two hours a night, right? The doctors asked the Rebbe to make sure that he sleeps two hours a night after the Rebbe had a heart attack in 1977. So the doctors made the Rebbe promise that he would sleep two hours a night. Promise, meaning, no. Okay. So what was happening before that, I have no clue. Fine. Once the Rebbets and the, the Hasidim were, did something just like the Rebbe. It was some external act, but the Hasidim did it just like the Rebbe. So the Rebbets and saw it and asked the, they called the Bachrim over and said that, that, that if you want to be like the Rebbe, so don't sleep and don't eat. <laughs> but, you know, she was just telling them that, you know, they should be serious about it, that's all. But, but um, so the Rebbe asked an interesting question, why is sleep? Right. Let's say a person, I mean, no, I don't know anybody who sleeps eight hours a night, but you're supposed to, right? So, so I remember once my father, all of a sudden, he told my wife and I, he said that, he asked us how much we sleep. So he said, not enough. We had little kids. So she, he said, you should sleep nine hours a night. So my wife laughed and said, we do. Baruch gets four and a half and I get four and a half. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, when you're raising children, you don't sleep a lot. Because by the time the one who wouldn't go to sleep goes to sleep, the one who did go to sleep is getting up. So, um, but but um, the Rebbe asked the question, why is sleeping? Incredible waste of time, right? If you think about it, it let's say, everybody, we average eight hours a day per person in the world. Because children sleep a lot more and older people sleep a lot more. So let's say it's eight hours a day, whatever the average is, eight hours a day, okay. There's seven billion people in the world. There's more, but we'll just say seven billion. That's 56 billion hours every day wasted on sleep. Imagine what people could accomplish in those 56 billion hours. Now, some people are accomplishing things that you're very glad that they're sleeping and you'd wish they'd sleep more. But, but just, you know, in, in terms of what humans could accomplish in time, 56 billion man hours a day are wasted on sleep. Which is really, that's a lot. You could accomplish a lot, right? You could probably finish us, right? 56 billion hours, you could finish it a few times. 56 billion hours, that's a lot of time. It wasn't 56 billion hours when the Rebbe said the secret because there were probably 2 billion people then. Okay, so it was 16 billion hours. That's still a lot. Okay? So one of the things the Rebbe said the Zika that's really astounding is that, is that sleep allows us to put yesterday to bed and wake up anew tomorrow. Or put today to bed. Imagine if you never went to sleep. Every mistake you ever made in your life would be today. That would be hard to live with, right? There are some days where, you, you know, you make a mistake and you want to put it to bed, go to sleep and wake up and start anew. Well, that's what we do every day, and that's the chesed that the Ebershah gives us every single day, to start anew. You're brand new. Okay, let's see what today, what happens today. How, how am I going to use today? How positively am I, going to, am I going to be able to express elokus today? Aye, but yesterday maybe I made a few mistakes. Okay, but I don't have to live with those mistakes. They're yesterday. What's I got to do with today? If it were all just one long day, my gosh. <laughs> Imagine the jet lag of one long day. 
It's one of the reasons we go to sleep. We rejuvenate, right? We wake up. It's a new day. Made the ani. Let's see what the Rebbe says about the or. It also affect the or. Vasiluk mi akli nagea gamba or. Shahare. Kavana sa'or. What's the intention of or? Hishiyar bakeli. The or that emanates down into this world. Or all the worlds. But again, the focus is obviously on this world because that's where the Aveda is happening. Why is that or here? That or is here in order to be revealed through Caleb. That godly light emanated down into this world in order that it should give some existence to a physical object such that or physical time. And, and, and that or is ultimately destined to be used properly and, and revealed through the actions of humankind. That's why that or is here. So what if I use it for that purpose? Amazing. Incredible. So I, I, I allow for the true expression of the existence of the or. And what if chas v'shalom v'chas v'shalom, someone uses it for an improper purpose? Then they deny the or, the, the expression of the purpose of its existence. And therefore that's called histalkus or. That or isn't allowed to be revealed in this world. It was destined to be. That moment was a moment that is pregnant with possibilities to reveal godliness and it wasn't used okay and 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 that that can be translated into everyday life right you have an opportunity to to make another person feel good because you just happened to run into them in such a way so and and you didn't take advantage of that because whatever reason you were distracted by something you didn't take advantage of that opportunity right right the rabbi used to say something very very powerful Right. Usually when people think two people meet, they should make themselves feel better. Okay, that's true. They should each make each other feel better. That's true. The Rebbe said something even deeper. That when two people meet, they should make life better for a third. That another person also should benefit by virtue of the fact that these two people met. Right. Okay. That's shlichus in El You see yourself as a shlich of a Kaddish Baruch in El And when the light leaves the Kli, what does that mean? Again, when the light isn't allowed to be revealed by virtue of whatever is being done with this Kli in Elam Hazer, Azai then, then the light doesn't fulfill its purpose. That light emanated into Elam Hazer. That moment of reality happened in Elam Hazer in order for some, some, something to be revealed. And for whatever reason, it wasn't taken advantage of. So then that light just sort of dissipates, disappears. Tafkid is purpose. Purpose. It's purpose. Tafkid is purpose. Tafkid do, it's purpose. The light. And that's why the matter of Aveda also affects the Ur. Through a lack of Aveda, Nasets brought about Siluka Ur. The light that was destined to be revealed by this kli, by this reality in Eilam Hazah, isn't revealed. Therefore, consequently, it's not fulfilled the intention of that light. Okay. So that's the effect that the Rebbe just explained in those 10, 12, 15 lines from Biyarinian. How Ayurveda affects both Kalim and Ur in Eilam Hazen. Right Now, that would affect the Kalim and the Ur of all of Seder Ishtashlis, right? Because it's all one large plumbing system, right? So if we stop it up somewhere, so we affect all of the, the whole system. Right? Okay. Everything backs up, so to speak. Light that's destined to be revealed in Elam Hazah isn't revealed. Why? Well, but light, let's talk about it on the positive level. The light that is destined to be is revealed, Baruch Hashem. So we keep the light flowing in this beautiful, healthy flow of light from the upper worlds into this world and through Ayurveda in this world using Gashmias for positive purposes or not using Gashmias for negative purposes, right? Negative commandments. 
So then that's also, that brings about a revelation of Ur through that, through that object, by virtue of the fact that we don't use it. Right? Meaning it becomes a, a vehicle for revealing godliness. Right? The meat that you don't eat reveals godliness by virtue of the fact that you don't eat it. Right? Okay. Also that. The Rebbe says, even more. Because after all, we know that our Veda, not only do we affect the light in El Matzilas, the Rebbe told us already that we affect Arach. We affect a level of light beyond El Matzilas. We affect a level of Makif, a level of Keser. We learned that yesterday. Okay, so how does that work? So that's what the Rebbe is explaining now. Furthermore, Sheinyan Aveda, Aravada, Neigea also affects Gam. That's the also. Affects also Ba'ur and the light Shalamailam Islav Shuspakalim. The light that's beyond being clothed in the Kalim. Meaning even a level of Sevev. Shade Gamma Ur Shalamailam Islav Shuspakalim. Even that light which is beyond being revealed in Kalim. And we know what that means because we learned Basilagani. Harehu Sheresh, that light is the source, I'll call upon him, at least. <coughs> Nevertheless, Laura Mislavish Bekalim. To the level of light that's clothed in the Kalim, right? But we, we, we talked about yesterday. What's Arich? Arich is Keser, a level of Keser that's the source of the light that comes into expression in that first place in Seder Ishtashlu is called Chokhmah Datsilis. Chachmah, Tzilus is the first place where there's a reality called Orma Male, light that fills. Okay. Light that's revealed in a Kli. Light that reveals some specific, defined, so to speak, limited reality. Chesed, Chachmah, Tzilus. Did I say Chesed before? Chachmah, Tzilus. What's Chachmah, Tzilus? Whatever it is, it's not Bina. It's not chesed, it's not gvura, it's chokhmah datzilus. Okay, how can there be such a reality? Because a level of godly light is clothed in a kli and expresses itself in a specific, defined, limited way called chokhmah. Good. That's called orma male. What allows for that limited, defined expression? Something called a kli. So what does that kli do? Well, we just talked about it at the beginning of Shir today. We talked about it at length yesterday. The kli reveals certain aspects of the light and hides other aspects of the light. Okay, that's why a kli on a certain level is a stay, is, 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 causes concealment, but it also reveals. It reveals blue, conceals every other possible color. This completely and totally conceals the infinite ability, or the light of, the, the, the potential of light to express itself in an infinite amount of color. This limits that. But it reveals blue. That's what a Kli does. In Atzilus, also, same thing. What does it reveal? Chokhmah. What's Chokhmah Atzilus? Whoa. God. It's the Amish, they're Bamish. It's him. It's not some created reality. It's the Amish, there's Chokhmah. Okay. But in a level in which it's separate, so to speak, from Bina. Again, it's in a state of absolute unity. But still, we can talk about ten different levels of it. Those are called ten spheres. That's the first place we can talk about those ten different levels of godly reality. Why? Because that's the first place where godly light is now clothed in vessels. The R is clothed in Kalim, such that the Kalim allow the light to express itself in unique and defined ways. And... That's called Seduis Taushalus. That's called Or Mamale. Okay. There's a level beyond that called Or Sevev, where the light's not clothed in a vessel, and that's the source of that first level, and that's called Arich, and we learned that. That's what we learned. That's what this paragraph has taught us. There's a level called Arich, and that level is also affected by our Veda. Why? Well, because the whole purpose of that level of Arich is to, is to be the source of all the light that emanates downward into. into into Seirish Tashlis, into the four worlds. And if down here you and I are properly dealing with all that light that's been emanating down through all those worlds and we're allowing it to express itself in a positive, healthy, good way, so then the whole system just works in this beautiful, harmonious way. 
If chas v'shalom down here, a person sticks a cork in the pipe and just stops it up, so then the whole thing gets plugged. So it affects Adir. I mean, it's a gra- that's the, it, we can only deal in those physical terms and in terms of understanding it. That's what it looks like to our physical eyes. All this metaphysical plumbing. And we're part of it. We can just keep the whole thing flowing. Or we can be like a log that's stuck in the pipe and just backs everything up and it overflows into the courtyard and it's really macha stink. Charegama or also the light. Sorry, also that light which is beyond being clothed in vessels. Arech. Still an infinite level of light called our Sevev. Harehu Sharesh, it's the source al Kolponim. Laoramis Lavish Bekalim, the light that's clothed in the in the vessels. Vizeu, and this is what we mean when we say Sha'inyun Haveda that our Aveda Nagea affects the Bekinas Arich. Also Arich. Ki Bekinas Arich, this level of Arich, who Sharesh Lina et Solim is the source of of Etzilus, as Gabi said yesterday, Netzolim is Etzilus. Same word. Netzolim means emanated reality. Etzilus, world of emanation. That's what Arach is. What's that in you? Ratzon. Talk about it. Ratzon's not part of conscious you, but it's the part of super conscious you that's constantly powering and becoming expressed in consciousness. Everything you do is a function of what you want. Right? Is want part of your consciousness? No. But it's the source of everything that happens in your consciousness. That's out of The cave and since should be that solemn that in Elamatsilus, Negeir affects Indian Aveda, Canal. Lechain, therefore, gam b'shadosh in Netzolim, also in the source of Netzolim. B'chinas arich, nagein yinavayda, arvayda effects. Meaning, since we affect Atzilus, so then the source of the light that's being drawn into Atzilus is also affected by virtue of the fact that, we, so to speak, we need more R in Atzilus as the light is, being, is emanating downward in, in, a, in a healthy and proper fashion. So the source of that light has to continue being mashpia from above into its source. Right, just in graphic, physical terms. Okay, I've said it, but that's how it works in, in reality. Okay, so then of course the question arises, well, wait a minute. And now the Rebbe's going to deal with it. Wouldn't that mean that also Atik is affected? Because Atik is the source of Arich. And so if Arich is constantly, so to speak, again, in graphic terms, but... That's the best we can do, because that's where we are. The Arach is constantly pushing light into, emanating, uh, shining light into Atzilus, so doesn't Arach itself require, so to speak, more light to be shone from above into it, so it can continue the flow. Think of it in terms of tributaries and rivers and water and lake. Right, okay. So doesn't the mountain have to melt more snow? Doesn't the snow have to melt in order to fill up the river, to fill up the lake? Only the level of Atik. We'll try to finish the paragraph. Then we have another three-week break, and then we'll uh, get back to the Mimer on Tuesday morning. And only on the level of Atik, Amri Razal did Chazal say, That statement in Chazal, what does the Kodesh Baruch Hu care whether you shech this way or you shech that way? That statement was relative to Atik. That's what we said at the beginning. That was our answer to the question. Why? Because this level of Atik, which we explained yesterday, who Adon Yochid Shoreshi 
That's in the language of the Avedis HaKadosh. That's Adon Yochid, the source of sources. The word Shoresh, of course, is the source of the word source in English. Shoresh HaShoreshim. Shoresh HaShoreshim Daika. The source of sources specifically. Veloy and not Shoresh HaNetzolim. It's not the source of Atzilus. It's the source of the source. Meaning it's transcendent of Atzilus. Aye, but it's still the source of the source. So why isn't it affected? Reverse domino effect that we were talking about yesterday. Oh, so the Rebbe explains. Because it's transcendent of being the source of the Netzolim. In truth, in truth, it's also ultimately nivdal, separated. Havdala. In this context, transcendent. Also, gam Meaning, it's true, it's called a source. But it's not really a source. Because what did we say? What did we say about Arach? We said Arach is the lower level of Keser, therefore we could say it's, so to speak, the function of Keser. What does Keser do? It's the source of the next level. What is Keser? What's the being of Keser? Completely transcendent. Not connected to that lower level at all. Okay, so that's Atik. But wait a minute, we said Atik is a Shurish, meaning it's doing something. Okay, it is doing something. So, so then why isn't it affected by this whole Marechet, this whole system that we're talking about? It should also be affected, so the Rebbe explains. In truth, it's really also transcendent of being a source of anything. Shari Atik, the word Atik, to uproot. It's uprooted, it's separate. It's transcendent also from the level of Arich. Aye, it's its source, but it's transcendent of it. Why? And that which it's called the source of sources. You should recognize that language from the first parak in Tanya. It's only a borrowed term, so to speak. The Rebbe uses that relative to the idea of scharva einish, in terms of mitzvahs, right? It's just, you know, that, that a benuni is half and half. That's only a shame, a mushal, that's only a borrowed term relative to the notion of reward and punishment, but relative to the true notion of what a tzaddik and what a benuni is, so it certainly has nothing to do with half and half, right? Shem hamushal, something, a borrowed term. So what does the Rebbe mean? Meaning, <coughs> Atik is all about being. Does it serve a function? Yes. Every level of godly light has a function. It's the source of the level below. That's what it does, by definition. Right? It's the conduit for, you know, it's part of that, that, that roadway of light coming from the highest levels imaginable until ultimately they end up in four worlds and, and, and creating a world down here. Yes, no question. But all those transcendent levels aren't defined by what they do, they're defined by what they are. Arich is defined by what it does. Atik is defined by what it is. It does something, but that's irrelevant in terms of its definition. So it's, what is its definition? Completely transcendent of any level below. So what's the mushal we've used many times? I picked up the cup. Okay. So now, let's define me as a cup picker-upper. Is that a proper definition? Not in the least. <coughs> You're going to define a nefesh elokis that's maluvish in a goof as a cup picker-upper? What a, what a fisfus. That's completely missing the point. Do I pick up the cup? Can I pick up the cup? Can I function that way? Absolutely. That's who I am? That's how you define me? It's absurd. Right. Want to put it on a more ridiculous level? You've all watched videos of the Rebbe. You've all seen the Rebbe take his handkerchief and wipe 
after the Rebbe eats the piece of cake, he's always wiping his mustache. Have you noticed that? Rebbe takes the handkerchief and wipes his mustache a number of times. Someone comes and asks you, who's the Lubavitcher Rebbe? Oh, he's, he wipes his mustache. That's the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Is that true? Yes. Is it true? Couldn't be farther from the truth. Right? That's the Lubavitcher Rebbe, the guy who wipes his mustache? Yeah, that's the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Well, you, you just missed the point completely. That, 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 did he? Of course, yeah. Does, the Rebbe, does the Rebbe wipe his mustache after the piece of cake? Yes. Or after the wine? Yes. Quite a while, the Rebbe will look around and with the handkerchief and wipe the mustache. A few times. That's the Lubavitcher Rebbe. It's my image of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Wiping his mustache with a handkerchief. That's the Rebbe. That is what the Rebbe does. That's true, but that's so completely and totally not who he is. Okay, right. So that's Atik. What does Atik do? It's the source of light into Atik. That's true. Define Atik. Don't you dare define Atik as the source of light for Atik. Because that's not what Atik's all about. Atik is all about being completely transcendent of anything below it. That's its nature. Is it connected to it? Yes, it's true. It's connected to it. Yes, on some level it is. That's true. But it has nothing to do with it. Yes, the Rebbe wipes his mustache with a handkerchief. That's definitional of the Lubavitcher Rebbe. If it is, then you've got you just some that haven't figured out what it means to be the Lubavitcher Rebbe. Because it's not about wiping his mustache with a handkerchief. But he does that. He does that, there's no question. Okay, so Atik is the source of light in Te'arich, that's true. But that's not in any way, shape, or form definitional of what Atik is. What is Atik? Transcendence. That's Atik. What does it do? Okay, I say to it, but that's not definitional. What, define Atik. Define Arich. That's a definition of Atik. Arich, I'm sorry. Because that, that's what Arach is all about. Being that source, uh, that place in Kesser that is the source of the light that emanates into its ilus. That's what Arach is all about. What's Atik all about? Being completely transcendent of all that. Is it the source of the source? Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's not what it's all about. Those are two completely different states of reality, right? That's the answer to the question of the reverse domino. No. Yes, it's the source, but it's just not what it's about. And on this level, Ayurveda doesn't affect this level at all. And about this level it says, and we're going back to the psukim that we quoted in the question. These are psukim from the Maimer that Bar Mitzvah boys say. If you did an Avera, what did you cause in him? Meaning, you think you do an Avera, you're going to really show God. I'll show you God. And the multitude of your wrongdo, your iniquities. That's usually how they translate. Iniquities. What have you done to him? If you did something righteous. What have you given him? Meaning, if you've affected Atik? No. If you've affected Atik? Yes. Now you're going to be down in the dumps. Oh my gosh. I don't affect Atik. I'm useless. I'm of no value whatsoever. What's going to be with my life? Okay. Get a life, if that's where you're holding after you learn this. Right? If after you learn this, you go, wait a minute. Everything I do can actually affect Atik? I can actually affect infinite godly light by virtue of what I do down here in the world where I have to put my socks in the wash after I wear them after a day because they smell. Me, that same guy, I can, I can do all this incredible stuff with my time if I use it right. Wow, that's amazing. It is a stuck amazing. It's unbelievable. It's incredible. Okay. Now, of course, the next word is a big word. Amnam. What does Amnam mean? However. however. So now that means we're going to run into a however here. So what do you mean? It's all clear. We're finished. We're done. Should be the end of the Mimer. And then there should be a little paragraph that says, and therefore, dot, 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 tie it all up, and the Sheikh should come, take it from Yad Mamish, and we're done. And then we close the Mimer and go, ah, Shkayach. 
but evidently not, right? And we just started. There's, you know, how many? Two, two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine pages more of Mimer? Like, I don't understand. We asked the question, we answered the question, we're done. Okay, so I guess the answer is such an incredible answer, we need three days off in order to, like, really internalize it. And then next Tuesday morning, because Monday evidently is only, st we're only starting in the afternoon. So I, of course, don't exist in the morning. So uh, I come into existence again Tuesday. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm a little nervous. Break being, what? You don't have another break next Wednesday? No, I think that's it. We will have one. You guys will have a break Sunday morning the week after that, because I'm going to be on an airplane. But uh, for some strange reason, I seem to be on an airplane every week and a half. But uh, I think it's hopefully ending soon. But uh, one, I'll just miss one day, Sunday morning. Uh, I'm actually on an airplane while we speak. That'll be that. That's gullus plans. Hopefully that won't happen. But that's in two weeks. Um, so uh, we will meet again Tuesday morning. Bezrat Hashem. Please bring your uh, do some review on the question and the answer because the Rebbe is now going to umnum it. However, there's a problem, and it's really quite an astounding...